0: Radio.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast today. TJ Inman and I are breaking down the IU's uh, thirty to twenty victory over Ball State on Saturday that pushed the Hoosiers to two and zero. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be um, be here shortly uh, to go over the game. Uh, some news to get out of the way before we start our show. Um, Marcelino Ball was named Fresh Big Ten Freshman of the Week for his performance against Ball State last week. Uh, eight tackles, all solo, uh, and an interception, his first of his career. Also, uh, another announcement, uh, the game on September 24th against Wake Forest uh, has been scheduled for a 3.30 kickoff and will be televised on uh, BTN. Uh, so we welcome in TJ Edmond. TJ, how are you?
0: I am doing better than Northwestern or Purdue fans are, so that's a plus. Um, you know, we beat Ball State. Uh, the, the second half, which we'll talk about, left quite a bit to be desired, but, um, you know, the first half was very encouraging, and a win's a lot better than a loss when you're trying to trying to build things up. So all in all, uh, it's a beautiful day here. I can't find.
1: Yeah, it's an absolutely perfect fall day here in Indianapolis. Uh, Being better than than Purdue and Northwestern fans, uh, you didn't really set the bar that high um, there, TJ. But, um, you know, anything. We've been there. uh, Yeah, we've been there and anything. um, It's good to hear that that you're good, though. Um, Anyway, uh, let's get down to the game. Uh, You know, through the first three and a half quarters almost, it looked like IU was going to pitch a shutout. Uh, you know, Ball State got a late, uh, field goal in the third quarter. Uh, but to me, you know, they were up 30 to nothing and they moved the ball pretty well. They got some big plays, which they needed to show. Um, you know, the big loss is Simi Cobbs, who's, is probably done for the year. Yeah. You know, Dan Feeney was out after I didn't, uh, w- uh, one of our other writers, Alex Compton, uh, who is, who is down, uh, by the sideline, uh, in the student section, um, with the student athletic board, um, you know, texted me a picture or told me that, that Feeney headed off to the locker room. I didn't know what part of the game it was, it was clearly in the first half, but I don't know if it was uh the first or second quarter. But they played the majority of the game without Feeney, um, and you know, all but one offensive play without uh Simi Cobbs again. I, I feel bad for Cobbs, uh, you know, hopefully his recovery goes well. Uh, He should get a red shirt out of the season playing only in in one game, uh, missing another, but he should get the year back um, and and be back for uh, 2017 and and maybe 2018 if he doesn't um, head to the NFL draft. Uh, But, you know, to me the the injuries played a big part of why this offense kind of stalled out in the second half. They couldn't really get a run game going. Uh, in the second half, but it was great to see uh, Richard uh, Lego go deep uh, to Westbrook on that first touchdown. It was a great catch. Uh, it was a nice ball on a windy day, um, and then to see Westbrook show off his speed on the seventy-nine yard touchdown. Um, it, it's you know they padded a lead, and, and the defense again played very well. I thought that the turning point uh, of the game to me, TJ, was when Ball State had. Uh, you know they they had a 72 yard drive going. were down inside the Indiana five, and um, I, I believe T. Gray Scales forced a fumble. Yeah, um, and, and Jonathan Crawford picked it up. Uh, that to me changed the game. Uh, it was 10 nothing at the time. It could have been 10 seven or 10 three, back to a one score game. And then from there on, Indiana went went to score 20 straight points and effectively put the game out of reach. Um, and you know, I, I don't ball. I don't know what Ball State fans thought after the game, but you know, Wilson took a shot at their coach. Um, you know, first-time head coach, and, and kind of the clock management, and, and maybe some of the um, some of the the calls, especially after the block punt touchdown to make it thirty to thirteen, um, or you know, maybe maybe you know, you go for two, make it a, a two-score game. Uh, instead of a three-score game, uh, it, it it was just a weird, uh, weirdly coached game for Ball State. But a lot of things to clean up for IU. Uh, punt team, you know, Joseph Gideon was, was pretty good. Uh, you know, a lot of people were complaining about the speed of his punts. I don't think that's why that punt got blocked. The, the guy came off the left edge unblocked uh, and, you know, Nine times out of ten, if you don't block a guy, he's gonna block the punt or get get a piece of the punt uh, or something like that. So, you know, they need to clean that up. It's another critical error in um, on special teams where where you thought IU would be, you know, rock solid at. Uh, but it's good to see Griffin Oaks get get his swag back, uh, hitting three yeah. field goals, long of forty nine on a. It, it was a tricky, windy day um at IU the wind was coming out of the uh coming out of the the northwest a little bit and, and it was uh, a pretty pretty stiff breeze but um overall it no was a good game either. Yeah there there was no, no doubt
0: they were they were good
1: Yeah so it, it's good to see him get back in, into it and uh but you know th- there are some things that that are a little concerning we'll get into later but what what were your takeaways from the game today
0: Well, I mean, uh, you know, I I think that it really was a game of kind of two halves or even two different segments that weren't quite half and half. You know, the first maybe 35 minutes for Indiana, um, very good. You know, Ball State, yeah, they moved the ball somewhat in the first half, but, I I mean, that's going to happen. You're not – Indiana's not at a point where they're just going to completely suffocate offenses. Um, You know, it's kind of a bin, not break on on one drive, but – yeah, they've forced those takeaways. Uh had Jonathan Crawford recover two fumbles. Marcus Oliver again forces another one. He's just really good at that. Then T Scales forced the second one. Uh Marcelino Ball with the interception on a on a pass that Riley Neal didn't should not have thrown. It that was uh you know, the first play of a drive. They were trying to get themselves back in the game, kind of a desperation toss that he shouldn't have made. Marcelino Ball made him pay. Uh, you know, a difference for this defense from past years. I think number one they' I, I think they're clearly better at tackling uh, in space. Um, you're not seeing very often when plays are turning from, you know, you almost have a 10 yard gain and then all of a sudden two or three guys miss and eight or 10 yards turns into 50. You know, that's rarely happening so far. Um, State was unable to generate a ton of explosive plays so that's good that's a good side of it uh, Legault 17 for 27 266 three touchdowns you know I, I thought that uh, I thought he was pretty solid um, I, I know that there has been some criticism uh, of his accuracy I don't think that's entirely valid um, Uh, He didn't write it up, but he wasn't asked to. You know, uh, uh, the offensive play calling, which we'll get into, really went into a shell. For me, I'm looking at this as Indiana's offense when it was still a contest and then the offense after really it looked like it had been decided and then we all had flashbacks to to blown leads at the past and thought, really, they never really threatened to win the game, but it could have. I mean, it could have got real hairy there if not for a couple of plays by the Indiana defense and a, and a third down conversion for Mitchell Page um, when the Hoosiers were trying to run out the clock. So uh, the, the first first part of the game, you know, Indiana's offense gets a field goal after a forced turnover, or a takeaway, excuse me. I'll do my push-ups now. Um, you know, they get the field goal because of a penalty on Demetri Camille that yeah, not the silly, We're that up. silly,
1: silly penalty. Yes. You know, I went back and watched the game afterwards, um, and it, it was a silly penalty. It, it was clearly after the play. The guy was on yes. the ground, and he just <laughs> buried him. It wasn't dirty. It was just stupid.
0: Excessive, um, yeah. Excessive.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't like a blindside hit or, or, you know, him throwing a punch. It was just a little – a little too much after the whistle um but you're right that you know i, I think i texted you at that point you know s- same stuff different day um yeah you know with with, yeah, these, with the
0: red zone these, problems yeah. with
1: the red zone problems and and coming up wake forest in, and i've been watching this game earlier this morning against duke wait wake, wake forest you can't do that against them you're going to have to get 7 points when you can because that defense is very very good um yeah. and if you, you get a 15 yard penalty that pushes you back takes four points off the board that could be the difference you know against one of these power 5 teams especially against a team like Wake Forest whose defense is is, is very solid and whose offense has started to come around a little bit maybe um but could definitely play ball control and and limit IU's possessions so that that penalty you know have happened, and then you know i thought the the red zone offense is a little bit better you, you didn't really need it um all that right. much, but to me uh they've gotta get the the offense line is is starting to concern me a little bit um it, it's a line that had expectations to to be one of the best in in the big ten. Um, now, I know you don't have guys like Tevin Coleman or Jordan Howard back there running the ball, but, you know, Divine Redding's no slouch, and um, the line gave up four sacks, TJ. I don't know what the last game was where IU gave up four sacks, but they gave up four sacks, um, and they only averaged 4.2 yards rushing. And that's including now- the sack yardage from uh, Richard Legault, but, you know, Devine Redding had – you know, a long, uh, 28 yards. To me, I, I don't know. It, he's not. Doesn't look like the same type of runner that he had that he was at the end of last year, where he hit the hole hard and, and went up field and and could get 15, 20, 25 yards and and eventually maybe bust one, uh long one for a touchdown. He's dancing around too much. He's uh, not hitting that hole hard. And the offensive line needs to step up, too. You can't have four sacks. Um, a lot of those killed drives, especially in the second half. Uh, and, and we'll see. I'd, I'd like to see, personally, I'd like to see Mike Majette, who averaged uh, 9.5 yards per carry, at Devontae Williams with 4.6 yards per carry, and, and Cole Guest get the ball a little bit more. Uh, until Camion comes back and, and gives them a, a home run threat. But, you know, to me, Devon Redding has got to step up his game and the offensive line has to play like they're expected to if IU's going to, you know, make some noise in the Big Ten East this year.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think the uh, play of the offensive line uh, was underwhelming on Saturday. Uh, I I think that losing Dan Feeney, who is the leader of that group in the second quarter, certainly hurt things, you know. Uh, the other drives that he had on the day, uh, four-play 66-yard drive for the Westbrook touchdown, a six-play 86-yard drive for the Luke Timion touchdown, uh, field goal as time expired, and then a two-play 81-yard drive, again, a big Westbrook play, and then a seven-play 38-yard field goal drive. So they had... There for a stretch, uh, one, two, three. So four straight scoring drives. There for a stretch to get up thirty to nothing, and I, I felt like, you know, they had really found a, a solid rhythm there. And then, you know, to close it out, uh, it was at that point Indiana had 344 yards and 30 points. Ball State had 161 yards, no points, three or three turnovers. So. Uh I, I really think that after the final, uh, at that point, if, if the score, had, if the game had been over, you'd be having a different conversation right now. But in Indiana's remaining drives, a total of, uh, let's see, seven. Uh, yeah, my notes just blew away in the wind. But um, the, their remaining drives were, obviously, they didn't score again. Ball State tacked on 20 straight. And uh, and we're less feeling you know less than less than great about uh, about the offense's performance and I, I yeah, think after, the line
1: after the field goal TJ with thirteen oh two left in the third it was uh, a five play seven yards five play fourteen yards three play I think that was eight yards or minus eight it wasn't good uh, whatever is in parentheses probably the not block good.
0: Punt. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, block punt that went for, uh, you know, a touchdown. Uh, and then six plays, 13 yards, six plays, 20 yards. Um, yeah. You're right. People are complaining about it. And it, it really took the luster off a great IU performance. They were bidding for their first shutout since uh, since 1993. You know, people were into it. You had a great student crowd. Um, you had people talking on, on social media about how good the defense looked and then all of a sudden it's, you know, 30 to 20 and people are hanging on for dear life. And it just takes a little bit of that luster off, off the win Uh, and, and, and the good feeling at, you know, uh, you still feel good about winning that game, but yeah, you know, if, and you, you have to be, if, if you're betting on IU, you had to be absolutely furious, uh, with the ball state's backdoor cover, but you know, it's it, it, winning that game thirty to six would have been so much nicer uh, in terms of presentation than than winning thirty to twenty and and sort of holding on for for dear life there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think that it's uh, it's important to remember uh, for the defense's sake. I think you know in the defensive meeting room, they're not going to be real happy. You know, they gave up 371 yards, but, you know, they held Ball State, which was a rushing attack that we were concerned about coming into the week based on what they did to Georgia State and how physical, uh, physically overwhelming they were able to be in the second half of that game. Indiana held them to uh, 3.7 yards to carry. You know, neither of their, their running backs, Green or James Gilbert, were really able to get anything going. Um, so that was encouraging. And then yep, they recorded you know, the defense two only sacks. gave up. Yeah, the defense only gave up thirteen points. Um and you'll take that all day. You know, I, I if if you tell me that Indiana's defense gives up on average thirteen points a game, which is what they are right now, I'm I'm absolutely running to the bank and I'm taking Indiana to win nine or ten games. Now obviously the competition level's going to increase, there's no doubt about that and they're not going to continue to give up only 13 points a game the rest of the season. But so far, through two games, I think you have to be very impressed by what the defense has done. Another encouraging thing for me, with the Simi Cobb's injury, it's very clear that Nick Westbrook has to step up and it's going to be asked to be an integral part of the offense. And so far, through two games, he's been that. He looked like a star in the making on Saturday with, uh, with his catch. It was a really nice catch. It was a good throw. But that was a great catch by Nick Westbrook for the touchdown. And then the the breakaway speed that he showed, Ball State's defenders had the angle, but they had no chance of catching him on that bubble screen. Uh, So an encouraging thing as well. You know, is the play of the offensive line right now a concern? Yeah, I think it is. But to me, uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time worrying about it too much here over the next two weeks because number one i don 't think the Indiana offense is the same with that Dan Feeney. I think that it really kind of kind of shocked that group to not have him out there. Number two, I give this group the benefit of the doubt based on recent history, and number three, I think the Indiana offense and the play calling uh, so far i don 't think that they've they 've done too much to get away from being pretty vanilla. I think it 's been a pretty bland vanilla play calling scheme so far through two weeks, which is fine. You know, they haven't needed to get real creative. And I, I I would have liked to see more creativity and more urgency from the offense in the second half of that Ball State game. But truth be told, they didn't need to be. Uh, I, I don't agree with the decision, but I understand why it was made. Uh, so I'm expecting to see a little bit more creativity from this offense. And then I, I – I, just, I trust this offensive line and this group to figure things out over the next two weeks and, and to play quite a bit better against Wake Forest than they did against Ball State. If I'm giving them a grade just for the Ball State game, it was not good, but I, I have some faith that they'll figure things out here over this bye week, which comes at a very good time. Dan Feeney should be able to, to go against Wake Forest here in two weeks. You'd feel a little bit less sure of that if they had a game this coming Saturday, so – I think the bye week, as we talked about, is pretty well placed. The goal was to get through these first two weeks at 2-0, and figure out what's working, what's not working, what can you do differently, what can you, what can you continue to do well, get healthy. You know, Tava Nate still has not played. Um, and then Kameon Patrick still has not played. I think maybe we're expecting Nate to be back for the Wake Forest game. Kameon, the, the timeline for him has always been Michigan State. Uh, It's possible he's back for Wake. You know, you never know. It's just a weak difference. But maybe he gets a limited role against Wake Forest, or or if not, then we have him back for Michigan State. And he's going to – I mean, by all accounts, he's going to make a huge difference for this offense. Legault is going to feel a lot better after having two weeks off here to kind of continue to settle into the offense. And I I understand people's – concerns with the offense I I think they are valid um but I'm going to walk away from it being just feeling okay two and oh now you regroup, you figure out what you can do differently in week three against Wake Forest which is going to be a a tougher test especially defensively I think Wake's offense is is probably about on par with Ball State's or uh or FIUs, they might better have a little bit better line or a little bit maybe better athletes on that side of the ball. I'm not sure about that, really. haven't studied them too much yet, but their defense is significantly better than Ball State's or FIUs. So it's going to be a stiff challenge, and we know Indiana's going to have to play well. Um, And uh, just two more notes there. Jamie Thompson did not play again, uh, so hopefully he gets back to the defense and is able to play some kind of a role. Uh, I understand he was dressed on Saturday, but did not play. And then Isaac James, same thing. Uh, he did not get into the game for some reason, which is surprising to me. But um, I guess that's a, a wrap on the offense. If you had anything else to to mention, there, yeah. we'll, we'll have our no, preview I, pause
1: for Yeah, I want to get into the Simi Cobbs injury a little bit more um, and, and talk about some guys who need to step up. And, and one of the guys who had a – excellent year last year it has kind of been missing in action this year is Ricky Jones. Uh, you know, he had one catch for nine yards against ball state. I, I believe he had, uh, you know, one or two catches, uh, for short yardage against, uh, FIU. And he also had a two point conversion against, uh, FIU as well, but he's a guy yeah. who was a go-to receiver last year. Um, he put up close to a thousand yards, uh, receiving, um, and he, he's going to need to step up. He he has speed that, you know, that you lose with Simi. He has the speed to make up and, and go over the top and stretch the defenses. Uh, you know, Mitchell Page had a nice bounce back game from, from Florida International uh, for six catches, 76 yards. Uh, and, you know, you, you might see a, a Keontae Ennis, you know, maybe one of these freshmen has their, their red shirts burned because of this injury because um, they need somebody to step up. If it's not Ricky Jones, somebody else does. And, and you can't, you know, as good as Nick Westbrook has, has been, you can't rely just on one one guy who has played, you know, a year and, and two games of football to, to step up and, and replace a guy like Simi Cobb. So, you know, the depth, they have depth there. Now it's, it's being tested a little bit and, you know. Yeah we will see if they are I don't want to say desperate enough but or if they're put into a position uh, where they need you know an athlete like Keontae Anis um, or Jonah Morris or or you know guys like Tacey or Mack you know Phil Banker as well guys who were probably going to redshirt now are back into the mix uh, into playing and and you know it's unfortunate to use the redshirt but This injury comes early enough where you do get – you're going to get 10 games out of them uh, if you start playing them, you know, against Wake Forest. So, yeah, I'd like to see Ricky Jones reassert himself and and be the guy that, you know, was uh, on the Bolitnikoff watch list, um, you know, the last two years and and really reassert his dominance as a a fifth-year senior. He needs to be a bigger part of the offense.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really good point, uh, Ricky. I think only had one target. Even I, I think he just had the one target and he caught it. Um, you know, not yeah, it, entirely sure why was, that is. I, it was to
1: the point where I asked other writers after the game, "Did Ricky Jones play?" You know, I don't remember seeing him all that much. And you know, it's yeah. he's a guy who was a very good receiver for them last year and needs to get back in the mix.
0: I I don't uh I don't really know. I I'll have to go back and look at uh, see if Ball State was doing anything scheme wise or uh or if it was Ricky wasn't creating any separation or if it was just a matter of kind of the game flow dictated that he wasn't getting the opportunity. I, I don't know, but it was certainly certainly something that stood out on the stat sheet, no doubt about that and it, it's something that um as the Indiana offense got bogged down, you were kind of thinking, "Well, you know, who's going to make a play? Who's going to?" And, and really, the only play they made in that uh, that final stretch was Mitchell Page converting a converting a third, and I think it was third and eight or third and nine that uh, kept the Indiana offense on the field and burned a little bit more clock. That really kept it from getting too stressful. Um, so that I mean, you're looking for somebody, and I, I think Jonah Morris is an interesting guy. If I don't know if we've had a, an injury health update on him recently or a status update on him, but he hasn't played yet. Uh, like you said, Banker, Max, Ennis, none of those guys have played yet. Donovan Hale has. And he's a guy that uh, maybe he's another that can fill an outside receiver role. Uh, I don't know, but it, it they're going to have to have to have somebody besides just Nick Westbrook have an increased, uh, increased role, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and- – Going, let's switch to the defense. Uh, we talked about a little bit uh, earlier yeah. about, you know, they, they shut down the Ball State running game, you know, for yep. for the most part. They got pressure on the quarterback. You know, they sacked him twice, forced – there there was one play where the, they got a hand on the ball and it was a, a, a duck to the receiver. Uh, but but Mabon uh, made a great play, uh, caught the ball. But, you know, to me – you know people were complaining oh the defense you know you know couldn't get off the field they were tired late in the game i think you know it, it's all it, um it's all connected uh, the, the offense couldn't put a drive together in late in yeah. the game and get get an extended rest for this defense and you know you can't send a defense out after three and outs on offense four or five times in a row without them you know getting a little tired you know it defense is not designed to do that it's designed to you know that's why takeaways are so important it gets your team off the field and you know they 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 played very very well and you know for a defense who last year gave up close to 40 points a game to now come back and and they're giving up 16 and a half through two games Last year, they, the defense had given up 47 points to to uh, Southern Illinois. They had given up uh, 22 to FIU, and FIU was on the doorstep uh, to, to make that game 29-29. So you've got to look at the, the big picture. Instead of, oh, they gave up 17 points uh, in the fourth quarter, seven of those came on, on a, a block punt, which has yeah. nothing to do with the defense, but you know they, they they've given up two offensive touchdowns all year, and at this point last year I think Nick Nick wrote in his numbers piece they've given up eight, so yeah. it, it's a marked improvement and, and and they didn't get the, the benefit of playing a, a, a FCS team, uh, but you know people need to to take a step back see the big picture on defense. I thought they played well. Um, they need to get off the field and start, you know, stopping guys on third down. But I, I believe Ball State was only um, six for 16 on third down. The IU offense needs to get get it together on, on third down conversions. Two for 13 uh, is absolutely pitiful. They were usually in third and long situations, which is not good. Um, and – got to start hitting some of these third downs, extend the game, put the game away, um, extend the drive, put the game away, and, and give this defense, uh, you know, a rest after they played their tails off, you know, the entire game. So to, to me, third down conversions, the defense is is getting there. The offense needs to pick pick that up. And 0 for 2 on fourth down conversions as well. Um, so you're looking at, you know, two for two for 15 uh, there, but, you know, on, on the good side, they were two for two in the red zone with a field goal and a touchdown. So a chance for 14, they get 10. Um, it, it could have been worse, but, you know, th- that they need to clean up the, those third downs.
0: Yep, third down was um, – I thought the third down D for Indiana was, was okay. I mean, I know that they can do better, but uh, I thought it was all right. And then um, some defensive standouts for me. You mentioned Marcelino Ball, Big Ten Defensive Freshman of the Week, uh, well deserved. You know he got lost on a on a one pass coverage situation, or at least it looked like he did. Maybe that was just my novice eyes bullying me, but um, very good game for him. He and Oliver both had eight tackles and a, a forced takeaway. Balls tonight and I and, T and uh, Oliver with another strip fumble. Um, good to see Chase Dutra back out there. Uh, he played. A pretty significant number of snaps and uh, had six tackles, including a uh, half tackle for loss. Gray Scales had uh, one and a half tackles for loss. He was active again, another force fumble for him. Crawford and Damian Willis, I thought, both played pretty well. Uh, Tony Fields, uh, he's a guy that has won under the radar. I thought he had another solid game as a rotation member. Two passes broken up, and then Richard Fant, three passes broken up, and uh, I think Ralph Green played pretty well. I uh, thought he was fairly disruptive in the middle of the line. Two and a half tackles for loss and a sack. And then uh, Riggins, Ashawn Riggins, I think has been another impressive freshman. Uh, they brought him in a corner blitz, which, by the way, it was great to see the different uh, blitz schemes that uh, that Tom Allen came up with. And I, I think it's, you know, playing aggressive on defense is something we've, you know, long waited to see, and it's it's something Indiana has done so far they they brought Riggins on a cornerback blitz and he blasted Riley Neal from the from the backside, uh and I Riley Neal was very fortunate to hold on to that ball. Well, he fumbled it. Uh, he just fell on top of it. Right, right. I, I guess I should say very fortunate to keep possession of the ball. Um yeah. he did fumble and fell right on top of it. Uh I thought that, that was a you know a good play in a in a strong game for Riggins. Uh, and he had a, a good debut against FIU as well. So he looks like he's a good one. Um, I, I'm just very impressed with, uh, with the activity level of the defense and the the overall athleticism and speed of the defense suitable. They, they are quicker and more active and athletic than they have been in my memory uh, of, of Indiana football as the defense. I, I, I'm very impressed by that. And that doesn't mean anything if you don't execute. And I feel like the execution has been some pretty good. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that it can get better, that there are some things you can clean up, but overall I, I'm very pleased with where the defense is at after two weeks and, uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do with another two weeks of preparation. Cause remember, this is still a new scheme. It's still a new, you know, fairly young group of players and a couple of new coaches as well. So, um, another two weeks of preparation to get ready for a wake forest offense. And we'll preview that coming up, but, uh, you uh, next podcast, but overall, I think you have to be pretty pleased with the defense and with the guys that I mentioned. Um, I don't think I left anybody off. I don't think anybody stood out as playing a poor game. Nobody got picked on. Um, I I don't think I left anybody off on the list of of guys that I wanted to single out. Um, Overall, pretty pretty solid day for the group. I know that they would have liked to, to get that defensive shutout, but they did get a shutout in the in a half, which is the first time they've shut out anyone in a half since September of 2013 than they did the Bowling Green. So that's something to speak for. Like you said, two touchdowns given up uh, as opposed to eight at this point last year. So, you know, you continue on a pace anywhere close to that, and I think you'll see this group climb up out of the basement of the Big Ten and at least approach, uh, you know, approach the middle, I think maybe looking at somewhere like 9 or 10 is a reasonable expectation at this point based on what you've seen so far from the defense and something a little bit higher would not be shocking right now.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's still going to come down to, you know, can they continue this pace? We'll see how, you know, who gets injured. Um, But, you know, you look at the schedule and it's not as imposing as it was at the beginning of the year. You know, Northwestern loses to to Illinois State. They look to be a program in a a little bit of disarray. Um, A couple of their very, very good players are injured for how long? Who knows? Um, That looks like a winnable game. Very winnable game now on the road at Northwestern. Penn State uh, looks ripe for the picking at home in November you know them losing to Pitt after, after their um, you know their blogs were saying that Pitt doesn't hold a candle to Penn State football and shouldn't be a rival and they shouldn't be playing this game yet. And then for Pitt to you know do what they did that against awesome Penn game. State, it
0: awesome. was a terrific
1: game. I was watching it up in the press box and and on my phone in the tailgate a lot. Um, which might have been the upset of the day is that I could stream video in Bloomington on a game day. Um that, that to me might be the upset or surprise of, of my college football Saturday um was being able to stream video in Bloomington on a game day on on uh on cell service. Uh but you know that, that game at home looks winnable. Um
0: yeah.
1: you know, Michigan Rutgers. State you know, Rutgers was down to Howard came back, you know, they look like a beatable team on the road. Uh, And then you have, you know, Maryland looks a lot better than they they were last year and and will probably be more toward the talent level of where they were in 2014, but that game's at home. um, And, and, you know, they, every game except for Ohio state and Michigan looks truly, you know, winnable. Um, Now, you know, those, those two teams are are very, very good. um, And it would be a long shot for IU to win, but all the rest of those games, they're winnable and, and if breaks go the right way, yeah, you could look at nine or 10 wins. Um, but this team, you know, probably seven and eight, eight wins is, is more realistic, but, you know, you shouldn't rule out nine or 10, you know, we'll see where it goes, but, you know, open week this week, got to focus on, got to beat Wake Forest. If, if you want to get to nine or 10 wins, you got to get to three first. Um, you got to take care of this Wake Forest team. Uh, Wilson said that they're going to take take early in the week off, give the players a rest, do some recruiting, come back. I I think he said on Wednesday in the press conference, go through practice, uh, do uh, you know, have them do football activities on Saturday to keep them on, on a regular schedule and then get back into game week um, the next week. So, you know, Hopefully, Dan Feeney's ready to go. Uh, it is a concussion uh, that he has. Having a week off should help him, um, and this offense is so much better with him at guard, uh, leading that offensive line. And then, you know, we'll see. Wake Forest, we'll have our Wake Forest preview uh, next week. Going into it, Wake Forest does play Delaware this week. I, I believe it's like an ACC Network game. It might be on ESPN 3. Uh, but take a look at that game. Uh, you know, take a look at their win against Duke last week. That game replay could be found on ESPN three as well. Um, so, you know, wake a lot of similarities to the team they played last year. Um, but, you know, now they're they're two uh, and oh and beat a, a you know, a, a Duke team that that's been a perennial bowl team the last the last few years on the road. Um, and put up 24 points so we'll see uh how wake does this week see if they could carry that momentum into bloomington uh and IU's gotta you know they gotta come out clean up the offense take care take care of the ball um and and keep tacking on points and, and and get rid of these these penalties in the red zone which knock knock you out of uh knock you out of a, a probable touchdown and put you into the field goal range. But, uh, TJ, anything else, uh, before we, uh, head off for the week?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, we kind of, you know, we talked about the first segment of this season being, and I apologize for pulling a gym Nance. there that we talked about. Uh, gym Nance still stems things. I, it bothers me. to do that all game. I know you probably noticed it during your Jets game yesterday. Um, but I was too busy
1: yelling at Revis uh, getting <laughs> burned by A.J. Green.
0: Yeah, that was the day yeah. of uh, NFL football, but I'm reminded again how much more exciting i find the college product, but not better, but more exciting. But um, anyway, the we kind of looked at the segments of the season. The first one as you know, get to 2-0 before the bye week. Indiana did that, and there weren't, you know, really any – Heart attack-inducing moments uh, during those two games. So for me, that's a success. Uh, I still look at this season as the first goal, and you know the players and coaches are going to have loftier goals than I do because they should. I mean, they're that's, they're putting in so much blood, sweat, and tears that for them to have anything less than you know winning nine or ten games as an expectation would be you know really foolish of them. But for me. Uh, the first goal is to, to get back to a bowl game, uh, to have a winning record. Anything on top of that is, you know, complete gravy. Uh, but I, I still look at this team as, as being on target to accomplish those first two goals if they continue to progress and then and are able to 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 get a little bit more production out of the offense, um, a little bit. I don't know about improved play calling but a little bit uh a little bit more creative, a little bit more explosive uh play calling and then you continue to get the the production they have from the defense, continue to get those takeaways, continue to have uh have negative plays generated by the defense, continue to play with the same energy and intensity we've seen from them, which is a lot of fun to watch. Uh so I I think things are still on pace and on target to to have a very successful season despite the, uh, you know, very tough injury to Simi Cobb, I like what I've seen so far overall, and I'm encouraged by, by where this program is headed after these first two weeks of the season. So a lot of quality football to watch this coming Saturday without the, the stress of having Indiana playing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to taking advantage of that and getting back to it with a, a very long and, and grinding uh, 10-game stretch that, is going to test this program's uh, this program's roster to its fullest. So
1: yeah,
0: I hope exactly. that they rest up and and really get their rest and uh, and get as healthy as possible before this stretch starts because it, it's going to be a grind. And I know that they're aware of it. I think the buy is, is well timed, but you know we might be thinking differently about that once the end of October rolls around, and and they could use a second buy at that point that won't be coming. So. I think the buy is good right now, and I I think it's a good thing to have it right now. But uh, you know, it's it's going to be a real grind October start of November when they're playing ten straight FBS opponents. It's going to test this program, and in the past they would not have been able to hold up to it. We'll see if this uh, if this group of Hoosiers can. I think it's an improved roster from top to bottom, and the deepest roster that Kevin Wilson's had. I don't think it's really close either, but. Yeah, we're we're gonna see. It's gonna be tested and, and my optimism is gonna be uh it's gonna be really we'll see if I have the same feeling in a in a in another seven or eight weeks time. But uh I I love yeah. watching Indiana football, especially when they're when they're uh, able to knock off Ball State. I could not have taken another another loss to to the Cardinals. I, I know quite a few people uh graduated from that school and losing to losing to them for a fourth straight time with Um, not have been something I I savored.
1: Yeah, and you bring up a good point with the building depth for this run of 10 straight Power 5 games. Uh, That was something Wilson did say in his press conference that they really took these two games to look at what they had, guys who could play, um, guys who aren't ready yet, uh, and and really maybe that's part of the reason the offense hasn't been that explosive. They've been running in and out guys a lot um, especially a running back on defense as well so you know that that might be a, a reason why you know the goal wasn't to go drop you know 60 points on each of these teams and win by 40 the goal was to to get out of it 2-0 and see what you have for this stretch run of 10 games uh, in a row see who you're comfortable playing with against a power five opponent and I think that goal is accomplished now, and, and the next goal going forward is to come out of the non-conference three and O and head into Big Ten play against Michigan State at home in prime time, undefeated, uh, and having a, a good deal of momentum on your side uh, going into that game. Yeah. Um, so, I right, fans enjoy the uh, enjoy the open week. It's one of the few weeks that that we get to sit down and watch college football live on TV uh, at home without having to do anything. Uh, there are a lot of good games. You got Oklahoma, Ohio state this weekend, uh, Notre Dame, Michigan state, uh, Louisville is hosting game day and playing uh, Florida Ooh. state uh, da- down uh, a short trip on, on 65. Um, so that'll be yeah. a good one. So there's a handful. It's not week one, but there are a handful of really good games. Uh, going on this week um, and we'll be back with, with more coverage uh, of IU football. Uh, you know, later in the week, we're going to do a, uh, a mailbag. So do send your questions uh, either hit us up on Twitter at who's your underscore huddle, or you can email the questions to the Hoosier huddle at com. Uh, we'll try to get to all of them. Um, you know, keep, keep your questions clean. Uh, but other than that, you know, send whatever questions you like. We'll we'll try and answer them all, and keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. dot uh, TJ, thanks for joining us on a beautiful Monday, and enjoy uh, enjoy the week of rest.
0: Absolutely, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll we'll still have great content, so keep checking the site. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in uh, full force next week.
1: All right, that does it for the post game show. Uh, For Indiana Ball State, uh, do send us questions going forward, um, what you like and uh, what you like about the IU season so far, what you don't like, what are you concerned about. So, you know, give us a a shout-out on Twitter. Uh, Email us uh, questions. Uh, We love interacting with fans. Uh, Again, the game against Wake Forest is September 24th. It's at home. Game time is 3.30. Television is – Big Ten Network, Uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday, and enjoy the week uh, without IU football as best as you can. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we appreciate it.